Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, my beautiful people. Mi gente bella. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Santana Says, where we talk about everything from Roblox to relationships, everything in between, and the overall journey of life. I am excited, as always, to bring you another edition of the show, have another great conversation, and delve into some great topics, as always. And so, with that, for those who can see me, I am actually wearing teal today um, in honor of Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And so, April. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It's actually many months. It's also Poetry Month. It's also Child Abuse Prevention Month and all of those things. And so as a person who does stand against, you know, has a firm stance against violence and is all about violence prevention, you know, has had different topics related to, you know, the healthy relationships and all those pieces, I would definitely be remiss not to talk about sexual assault awareness. And so I am especially dedicating the show today to that. And so also, as a result, I do want to give a disclaimer that because of it, I am going to be delving into some topics about sexual assault. I know that that is a sensitive topic for some and so I want to be clear that that is what I'm going to be speaking about. And so I do want to respect the fact that if this is not a easy conversation for you to have, or if it's going to generate some uncomfortable feelings, please do what you need to. Um, I just, I just want to be able to bring more awareness about that, but I would hate to trigger anyone in the process or be, you know, not cognizant of the fact that what these kind of what this kind of conversation, what kind of feelings it could generate. So please know that that is what I'm going to speak about today. But also know that I just want to be able to, you know, talk about what it is, you know, what we can do about it, you know, what kind of resources are out here and why, why we should be having the conversation about sexual assault. So if you will indulge me, um, as I said, sexual assault, uh, what, first of all, what is that? So sexual assault itself is any unwanted sexual contact, but specifically that a person has not consented to. And I feel like that is something that we can't emphasize enough because one, when we say any type of sexual contact, it, we're not just talking about penetration. So I mean, when, you know, there is the type of sexual activity that we, whenever we think about the word sex, that's what we think about most first, you know, so we think about, you know, it's to, you know, it's bodies, it's, you know, touching, it's, you know, all these, you know, there might be these different things and it's that certain physical contact, but we also think about certain body parts intermixing with one another, but unwanted sexual contact could also be certain touches that are not wanted. It can also be certain objects that are then used that are not wanted. It could be certain advances that are done towards a person that we may not want that are sexual in nature. So it's a lot of those things. And so a lot of things go into sexual assault. There's also a lot of steps that happen. So there are unfortunately people in our world who have been raped, you know, and rape itself does include sex. So it can be rape, which is the result of, you know, sexual activity where somebody has had sex with another person without them consenting to it. But there is also things like digital rape. And so that is, or digital penetration, where you might use fingers, and so you insert fingers into another person's body, again, without their consent. You, again, might use an object, insert it into their body without their consent. And so all of those things still fall within the world of sexual assault. And so... I, the reason why I always like to bring awareness, and I was always bringing awareness about these topics even well before I started the podcast, um, I actually was looking at a recording that I did back in 2021, and when I had did that one, I had said that 
honestly, sexual assault happens every 73 seconds. At least that's what I said back then. When I first started doing this work, it was around like 90 seconds, maybe like every 90 seconds. When I first looked preparing for today, it's actually down to 68. So every 68 seconds, as I've already been talking to you all, somebody's already been assaulted. And so I just think that I know that like many of the topics that I've discussed on the show including domestic violence already. I know those aren't easy conversations to have, but I, again, it definitely does happen, you know, whether we talk about them or not. And I, for one, would rather be talking about it and having the conversation versus ignoring its existence and making it seem like it's something that does not occur, you know? So for any survivor of any kind of, of any type of violence, but including sexual assault, you know, that as always, I salute you. You know, I absolutely do see you. And I think that, you know, you're so much more than, you know, what has happened to you. But, you know, you are absolutely not alone in that because with it happening that often, it's definitely occurring to a lot of different type of people. And it does occur to, you know, all types of people. It actually occurs to one in five women. It will will unfortunately be sexual assaulted at some point in their lifetime, one in five. But then you'll also have one in 71 men. It does occur to men. And here's the thing with men, right? So for those who identify as males, you know, and who, you know, have that, we say one in 71 men. Now, if we're saying that, that it happens to one in 71 men, that means that we have some metrics, you know what I mean? We have looked into it. We have been able to uncover that sexual assault does occur to men, but that number is only based on what we do know. We have no idea what occurs behind closed doors. You know, we have no idea the men who are probably afraid to come forward and say that they've been sexually assaulted or that have had some kind of contact that they did not ask for. And we know that many men would probably feel like less than a man for coming forward and saying that but it does happen you know and so that is something that I feel like we should absolutely you know recognize and realize that you know not only is that number still too high one in 71 because it still means that like for every hundred people there's still all these people unfortunately being there's still someone among them who has been assaulted and so it's still too high of a number but it still might not be an accurate enough number to capture the amount of men that have also been assaulted and that often get left out of this conversation when we talk about things like assault and when we talk about things like violence prevention when I say that I have a firm stance against you know I would love to live in a world that's free of violence of any kind I mean that for everyone you know I don't mean that just because I'm a woman I only want to focus on the fact that this happens only to women and I know I just wrapped up a women's history month you know series where I was highlighting different kinds of women I mean now I celebrate women of all kind but I definitely wanted to be clear that when it comes to violence when it comes to having healthy relationships we all deserve them you know and that's people of all genders in all backgrounds and all age groups. And so, you know, that's why I want to recognize that it does happen to everyone. And so that does occur. But then speaking of age groups, now when we look at adolescents, three out of every four adolescents, unfortunately, will also be assaulted, but it'll be specifically by somebody that they know. And so another really crazy thing when it comes to sexual assault is that this is an intimate crime, y'all. You know, so like this involves two people in some kind of private space. And this isn't like getting robbed. Like, you know, when you, when something like that happens, that's also very alarming. I mean, do not get me wrong. Like if you're in a bank and all of a sudden, you know, you were to get held up. I don't know how I would react in that situation. You know, that's something very scary. And I don't know that I would know how to deal with that in the moment. Like if somebody were to come in, especially with a gun and all of a sudden say he's robbing the place that I am standing in. I think that I would be, of course, quite nervous, you know, but again, I don't know that I would have all of the steps. Sexual assault is definitely like that, but unlike that, 
it's intimate and it involves two people, you know? And so it usually takes place in some place private, but it's usually a lot of times it's by somebody that the person knows because they have access to that person, you know? And so they're able to take advantage of, you know, the relationship that they built with that person and they can perform such an intimate crime with that person. But the other thing is the person doesn't usually suspect them. You know, they don't usually see that person coming and the person who's committing the assault usually takes advantage of the trust that's there, you know? So like, because when I say that they know the person, I am saying that sometimes it's even family members. It's family members. It sometimes might be close friends. You know, it sometimes might be some kind of relative, but at the end of the day, it's usually somebody that they know and because it's somebody that they know nobody ever wants to think or like form their brain to think about somebody I know is going to hurt me you know somebody I know is going to do something harmful to me or that somebody I know is going to take advantage of me you know that's not ever an easy thought for anyone to process and honestly I wish it's one that we didn't have to you know so like I know that I have talked a lot about also on the show about trauma and you know what that looks like and for those of you who have not you know maybe this is your first time listening trauma definitely you know takes its toll on us in different ways and I know that unfortunately it's it's really hard for us to say that there's anybody among us that hasn't faced trauma of some kind, you know, whether it be, you know, in a, in what we've been consider a small way or in a large way, but that is so subjective, you know, because, you know, you may have been yelled at at one point in your childhood and it caused you great harm, you know, versus someone else encountering physical, you know, physical abuse and it looking like that trauma we don't get to put like an amount on it, you know, or like categorize it in that way numerically. There's no such thing, you know, like all trauma affects us in different ways. And really as a result, that's why I think we need to be able to recognize what that looks like, but also, and know that we don't deserve that to happen to us and know that if, and when it does, that there are resources and it's okay if we do want to get help because of that. Because now when it comes to things like sexual assault, that is very earth shattering, you know, it, it, it can definitely it's hard for someone to live their life the same way they did before something like that happens because this is a trauma unlike other traumas. And it, like I said, not only is it that when it's done by someone that you know, not only is it the fact that, you know, you have to now deal with the fact that that person did not see you in a positive light and saw you as a target, you know, but you're also dealing with the effect of, you know, what they did to you and, you know, what, how violated you feel, you know, because when you are violated in a way sexually, and again, with any type of penetration, with any touch or anything like that, that is your body that you no longer feel in control of, you know, so when it when it happens, that's one of the first things that gets shattered, you know, like trust can absolutely be broken after that, you know, when anybody has encountered that kind of violation trust for them definitely is broken in that moment it's going to be very hard for somebody who's ever been sexually assaulted to trust other people especially if it was done by somebody that they trusted so well yes I know that sexual assault also does happen by strangers it absolutely has happened you know unfortunately that definitely does occur my only thing that I want to shed light on though is that the media often makes it seem like that is the only instance of sexual assault that happens that it's the you know it's the creepy person in the alley that's like targeting people that it's the you know, got the neighborhood rapist or something like that, that it's just this person. And sometimes, again, that does occur, but it's just that are those the only assailants that are out there? They're not, you know? And so unfortunately, you know, that is just a hard reality. And the thing is too, the, the biggest one that I, it's just been, 
and I'm saying this and I'm even taking pause as I share it because it's not, it's not an easy thing. You know, for those who have heard me talk before, my encounter with violence was domestic violence. And so that's the one that I encountered personally. There was an instance of sexual assault that happened in my life where, but they attempted to do it. And thankfully I was able to fight them off, but the fact that I even had to fight them off is what was incredible. Like I shouldn't even have to do it. I was at least, I was under the age of 10. So I know that that's also what's the thing about it is, is that I don't even remember exactly what age I was because of how traumatic it was at the time. I don't remember. I do remember being less than 10 years old. I do remember that it was someone that my mother was dating at the time. And I do remember that they, it was, they tried so hard to touch me that I, underneath the covers, that I had to physically like fight them off. And I remember doing that and thankfully being successful in that way, but only being successful in the fact that I got them to no longer want to keep trying, at least in that moment. And I spoke up about it the next day. And I think had I not, I'm positive they would have tried again. They absolutely would have just tried to do that. And the thing is, when I said that there are steps to sexual assault, that's the thing. It doesn't always just, it's not always just this one situation that occurs for some, yes, that might have happened, especially in a stranger situation. But when it's usually by somebody that the person knows, they usually try to work on them. And so unfortunately, a lot of us may have heard that term like, or may not be familiar, but with grooming. And so I know it actually came up, interestingly enough, with Marcus Houston. And so, you know, it definitely was an interesting conversation because, and I know I had an episode on R. Kelly as well. So I know that, you know, we talked about that. That was especially during my human trafficking episode. But here during this grooming that I'm mentioning, the reason why Marcus Houston came up in conversation is because he is significantly older than the person that he married. And so for a lot of people that brought up a lot of uncomfortable feelings, I was one of them. I, I can't lie and say that I didn't see that situation as one that isn't normal, but it was, but here, the fascinating thing was hearing him describe it as if it was <laughs> because uh, like for him, I get that he needed to normalize it for himself. I mean, it's, it's not easy to be, to admit that, you know, he was seeing somebody, seeing someone as a romantic partner who was significantly younger than he was, but he's not alone. There are so many people who do commit sexual assault and they will literally, they have convinced themselves that it is okay or that it was something consensual that happened. And here's the thing, when we're talking about consent, in order for consent to happen, somebody has to be aware of what it is that they're consenting to. That's number one. They should know. Like, there's no way that we would ask somebody to co-sign a car for us or do a favor for us without explaining to them what it is that we're agreeing to. There's no way, right? And I would think that we would want to be well-informed on what it is that we are agreeing to, especially with something like signing over a car loan or anything like that because we have to sign for it there are conditions you know there's like a whole agreement you know so I want to make sure I'm clear on what it is that I'm agreeing to and what it is that I'm about to do but with consent that absolutely has to happen but there also has to be an environment for consent to take place if a person is drunk and they've been partying and then they engage in sexual activity that always can get very tricky because how are they consenting when they're not even sober enough to you know engage in that kind of activity is it is it something that they would have done had they been sober and if the answer is most likely no then no we probably shouldn't we should probably shouldn't engage in that but the other thing is that you know i know that this has caused a lot of you know, uncertainty. And I've heard a lot of people debate that, that like, you know, but if somebody was drunk, you know what I mean? Then they probably, or, or how about with the victim blaming, they shouldn't have been drinking, you know, before, in general, like they know that that can lead to other things. The thing is though, people should be allowed to drink. Like, yeah, actually they can. 
<laughs> they can. They're allowed to get drunk. They're allowed to do whatever they can. What they should not be forced to do is anything under the influence of that alcohol. Like, that's what should not happen. Them being allowed to drink and have a fun evening, that's absolutely on the table. They, they should always be allowed to do that. They should be allowed to do that. And any clothing that they have on as well, people should be able to wear whatever they want. If they want to wear shorts, they can do that. If they want to wear skirts, it's getting hotter outside. And so not only am I wearing my teal, I'm actually wearing a dress today. I shouldn't be targeted because of that, like my worry once I leave here, you know, or like be done with this recording that somebody might target me or say that I want to have sex with them simply because I have something on that's like shorter or that shows some of my skin. That should never be the case. And so, but how many times have we heard that, right? Like how we, how many times have we heard, well, you know what? Yeah, that they should have, I mean, they should have been, they should have been smarter about that situation and they shouldn't have put themselves there. And so like, I don't know how how to how to help capture and paint how sad that is you know for us to do that and how many times i've heard people who have been victims themselves even say that you know and it's just super tragic but it's also like disheartening to think and heartbreaking to think that we have gotten it to the point where we think we should put blame on others for things that they should always be allowed to do. They should always be allowed to live their lives and enjoy. But the other big thing that i want to make sure i return to is age. And so like I was mentioning, if somebody is significantly younger and honestly, the age, the legal age of consent in Ohio is 16. And so, you know, under that, uh, person can't consent. So like if there was ever somebody arguing that it was okay to have some sex with someone under the age of 16, I mean, really to me, honestly, I think only peers um, should definitely, you know, be engaging. I think it's easier when peers have sex with one another or anybody that's over the age of 18. I think in general, you know, we should most likely wait for that. 16, I understand that that's a legal age simply because 16-year-olds having sex with other 16-year-olds or engaging in any other sexual activity. That's what it encompasses. But unfortunately, with the age of 16 being the age of consent, I have seen situations where those older than 18 or all that have engaged in those kind of and so again that's where I feel like it gets tricky but in general if there is anyone that have ever tried to argue that you know they were uh significantly of age over the age of 18 and they engaged in sexual activity with somebody who was younger than the age of 16 and they tried to justify it there just is no way because that person is way too young and does not have the mental capacity but nor should they if they were to choose a sexual partner I don't they that's not the sexual partner they should have. They shouldn't have to be doing that with someone that is not even in their age group. Like that is, that is not something that should happen. And I have, there's been way too many times where I've heard people try to argue against that and really try to convince others that it was okay. And when it comes to knowing people, I could even tell you that, unfortunately, because I have had many clients that I've had in the pl the past, I mean, there's just many people that I even know, you know, just within my lifetime and just within this work and people that have reached out to me, you know, who are, who have dealt with this. And I mean, my door is still open. I mean, I would always love to help as many people as I can and let them know that my my ear is here to listen you know what I mean my arm is you know here if I if you need to rest on my shoulder and just know that you know whatever I could do to help I always want to but the but in the process of learning about other people's stories the one of the most tragic ones has been suffering sexual assault at the hand of a parent and so a parent of any kind. So I have absolutely seen it happen with mothers with with fathers with stepfathers with stepmothers and so that has absolutely happened. And unfortunately, I can't, you know, make it clear enough how horrific that is. And just 
to make it clear that how on earth can a person prepare for that and how on earth can a person escape that? If they're being assaulted by somebody that is raising, raising them, that is the hardest thing for them to be able to do. I mean, when you are being raised by someone, you are taught to respect that person. You know, you are taught that you should follow their directions. And you're also taught that they should have your best interests in mind. You know, like they're not going to steer me wrong. Like that's my parent. Like they love me and they love me. And how confusing is that for someone to be raised by someone who tells them that they love them, who tells them that they care about them, but then turns around and does something abusive like this to them. You know, that totally disrupts everything for them. And for a lot of people, unfortunately, who have been in that situation, it's also not only have they been sexually assaulted, like, and now they have to live with that reality. But for a lot of them, that was also their first introduction to it. For a lot of people, sexual assault was the first time that they had sex with anyone in any way. And that like makes things so incredibly difficult for them. And here's the other thing that I want to make sure is clear that I don't know that everybody realizes it, but or that we've, you know, shed enough light on it on the show. But just when, so whenever I hear that, like, you know, there's young people who are, like, really hyper hypersexual and, like, you know, all of that, I want to be clear on what I just said. And so if a person was sexually assaulted and that was their first introduction to sex, there's no way that we can say that they're going to look at sex normally after that. So if for, for, if, so if for some reason they are now, you know, wanting to see a lot of different sexual things or they seem to be really attracted to sexual images and things like that that's not necessarily normal <laughs> like honestly there's really no instance I could think of where it is normal most likely they got introduced to sex at some point and it was too early most likely and so you know I only, the only reason why I can't say that for a fact is because I don't know every single uh, child walking this earth but what I can tell you is that that is but based on research alone, based on all the work I have done, you know, there there was some introduction that was given to them of sex that has now made them, that awakened it for them way too early. And as a result, they are now attracted to sexual things in the way that they wouldn't normally be. And so now they look at things that way. And so it's definitely very hard to, you know, come to terms, you know, like with that. But I just want to make clear that that is why I think when I hear people saying that, you know, I mean, in general, I don't, I don't think it's wrong for us to not, you know, to, it's not easy to have these conversations. So of course, we're not always going to lean into having them. But when I hear people saying that, you know, people should avoid getting these type of situations. And like, I would never, I would have never gotten assaulted, or like, I would have never put myself in a situation to get assaulted. A person who got assaulted by a family member or including a parent, they didn't want to be in that situation either. You know, it's just that unfortunately for them, they were given a parent, you know, who did not see them as a child, you know, and, and saw them as a sexual object and said that wasn't their fault either. And so I don't think that if they had things their way, they would have wanted the situation to go that way either. So I think that we do such a disservice to ourselves and to others when we try to do things like that, where we try to tell people that, you know, they should have done better and things like that. But, you know, I know that at the same time, I'm sure there are a lot of people who listen in the show who don't feel that way. And I applaud you, you know, and I appreciate like when we do try to have these difficult conversations because no, they're not easy, but I feel like I know way too many people who are affected by this. And I just think there's way, there's way too many survivors walking our earth and our world that deserve to have this conversation and deserve to be recognized and celebrated you know and validated for their experience and so that is why I like to do this work and I feel like I'm gonna do it 10 times over all the time you know I'm always gonna want to make sure that I you know advocate for others 
in that way and that I constantly that we do bring more awareness to it. But again, letting it be known that even if we're not talking about it, it is occurring, you know, at least to someone that we know. And when we do talk about gender, if we add LGBTQ plus into the into the mix, I mean, it's going to get even worse. I mean, there are so many people who are transgender who get persecuted just for being transgender. There are so many people who are persecuted, you know, for not conforming to their traditional gender roles. And so I know that that's a hard thing for us to grapple with. I just think that there's no one walking this earth that should have to be targeted or, you know, feel like, they are, you know, that they needed that violence is going to occur to them just for them being who they are, you know, and then because it's not because I also think it's interesting when we do this thing like, well, I know that that's what they prefer. And I know that that's what they you know, that's the choice and all of that. These for a lot of people, it's not a preference. <laughs> it's not that they're like preferring a certain way. No, this is just who they are. You know, this is just their identity. And they're very clear on that. And so for us, it's hard, right? We're the ones that are uncomfortable. We might be the ones that are like, well, you know, I was always raised that it was just girl and boy. Like, I've never heard of this whole different situation or or that girls should only like boys and that there is no such, there's no, there shouldn't be anything challenging that. I understand that, you know, because I was also raised with that ideology. So I get that, like, you know, it's going to be hard to challenge that and be like, well, you know, now people want to call themselves they, you know, and use all these other different pronouns. And like, why should I have to, you know, agree to that? I, I get that. But for them, you know, I don't think it's also wrong to want to just respect other people, you know, and just see them from where they're coming from. And if we do forget their pronoun, just call them by their name, you know, and just, you know, at least allow to do that. Because the thing is, I don't I just don't want to be in a world where we can't respect other people because we don't understand them. You know, I don't want to be in a world where we think less of other people because we don't relate to them, you know, and it's just like there are definitely going to always be differences in our world. Sure. But is that a reason why we should cause more division between us? Is that a reason why we shouldn't show support to one another? And is that a reason why we should stop loving one another simply because we don't understand that other person? No, you know, I for one don't, you know, I want to live in a world where we have more love, you know, where we do have more support and where we do empower one another. And that's exactly why I like to have these conversations because I just feel like it's only by talking about them that we're going to get to the freedom, you know, that's on the other side of it. It's we don't, we're not going to do it by ignoring it. We're not going to do it by burying it. And the thing is, too, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have been sexually assaulted, who their main thing is, well, I buried it. You know, I don't I, I know I'm good because I just don't deal with it, you know, and I just I don't talk about it. And so but then unfortunately, what they don't realize is that, you know, a really great book called The Body Keeps Score. Um, our body does keep track of it. You know, and so unfortunately it will find its way back. And so and the thing is, it, it, we're taught that you should bury things like that because we shouldn't be having conversations. It's not something that should have happened. You know, it's not something that, of course, we like to happen, but also we don't necessarily make people feel better in those situations. So for a lot of times we will tell them, you know, like we do tend to make people feel worse when they have when things like this have happened. And so a lot of people don't want to bring things forward. And the thing is, when we're talking about sexual assault, a big thing to talk about is going to be consent. So as I mentioned, 
consent is agreeing. <laughs> it's, it's agreement. It's it's a clear thing. It's not something that is like muddled or like, hey, you remember, you know, like it's, you know, we try to like hide it or like it's also not like those fast words at the end of a commercial. You know how like they be having a commercial and they're trying to sell that medication and then they say a whole bunch of really, 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 really fast stuff at the end. No, it's not like that. <laughs> like I don't, consent ain't supposed to look like that. Okay. It's supposed to be something clear. You know, I, it, hopefully it, it can be concise, but also just, you know, it's clear and it's evident and, and, you know, and it's something that somebody can agree to enthusiastically as well. So like they should be able to, you know, in a, agree to it and not in a forced way. You know, it's also not forced. And that is the thing. So like it's freely given. And so when we, when somebody consents to something, they do that freely, you know, and they, and they are allowed to change their mind about it too. So the thing is somebody can consent to some, to something one time, but if they decide that another time they no longer want to do something, they're allowed to say that. And I think that that creates a lot of issue for people too, when they feel like, okay, but you agreed to do something with me before. Why can't we do it now? Because I'm a human and I'm allowed to make my own decisions and I'm allowed to change my mind. And so I know that that can be hard for some people to grapple with, but it doesn't make it any less true. And so people are allowed to do that. And so like consent is something that is absolutely freely given, but it is something that people are able to take back because, you know, in our lives, we do have a lot more control of our lives. than, like I said, we give ourselves credit for. And in a lot of these situations where violence occurs, it is somebody, as I mentioned to y'all from the start, overpowering somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing with why I take such a strong, you know, stance against violence is that I don't, not only do I want to live in a world with more love, right, and more support and all of those things, but I don't want to live in a world where we're constantly trying to overpower one another. And here's the thing. We live in a country where that is exactly the agenda, you know, to overpower other people, to compete against other people. And some of those things are healthy, right? Like, I think it's not a bad thing to want to succeed in life, you know? I don't think it's a bad thing to be independent, you know what I mean? And do your own things and to have things that are yours and that you own and that you are proud of, but to overstep on other people in the process or to make other people feel inferior. I think that is something that just me personally, I think that we could do, we could live with less of that, you know, and doing that. And when we, when we don't feel that way and when we feel that it is okay to overpower other people and we think that it is okay to exert authority over other people, it makes it easy to cause harm to other people and not feel bad about it, you know, and think that, you know, well, it's okay. I mean, like, you know, they didn't. I mean, we didn't mean nothing by it. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, like, it's just a, it was just a power game or, you know what I'm saying? It was just a move that I did. And, you know, I was just using the position that I have. That's not, those aren't the ways I want to move in this world, you know? And like with the impact that I want to make in with whatever I do, I want to make sure that that's the impact I leave behind, you know, and that I don't do that. And so in a lot of these cases, you know, with sexual assault, it's definitely just like many of them. It's always an issue of power and control. You know, it is definitely, like I said, an intimate crime. And I don't want other people continuing to, like I said, bury your feelings. So for any survivor that I might be talking to, and honestly, not just survivors, right, but also family members and friends of people. I'm sure that if you might not have been affected by sexual assault yourself, you know somebody who has. And I think, like, if you've been feeling guilty for not being able to approach that conversation with them or anything like that, please feel encouraged today. You know, or if you're the person that's thinking like, well, you know, I've been burying that secret and like, I just don't, I did it because I didn't think that anybody would, you know, want to listen to me. And here's the number one reason that a lot of survivors don't come forward and you'll hear it said a lot is because they didn't think anybody would believe them. I didn't think anybody would believe me, you know, so I didn't say anything. I didn't think anybody would take me seriously. I didn't say anything. I didn't think anybody would act on my behalf and actually help me. So I didn't say anything. 
you know? And so I just feel like since we know that that is a reality or maybe, you know, you're hearing it today. I just wanted to be clear that like, that is why I would much rather be there for whatever person and, you know, extend my arm and at least be there and try to help someone versus be the person that, that they're describing, be the person that ignored them or be the person that didn't believe them and wasn't there to help. I'd rather be the person that tried. And the thing is too, when it comes to sexual assault, speaking of believing, my number one argument that I have always heard is about the lies <laughs> that are spread when it comes to that, you know, and I, and I, I brought it up a bit during the uh, human trafficking. Cause of course that's also within the world of, you know, since there are different types of human trafficking, one of them being sex trafficking that isn't within the world of sexual assault. And so, you know, as a result, we're back to lying. You know, that's always going to be a thing. And it definitely happens with rape. Now, when we talk more about sexual assault, unlike human trafficking, like in sex trafficking, specifically these are different crimes but that whole lie factor a lot of people still feel that way they always feel like that's one of the main things but as I you know started to talk about there I want to make sure I say again here the percentage of people that lie about these kind of crimes is significantly small it's it's around like three percent to be honest like 97 percent of people telling the truth three percent it's about three percent that actually lie and the thing is if a person is lying about sexual assault, it is going to come out at some point in time. Because when somebody is sexually assaulted, here's the thing. Not only do they have to take courage to tell anyone, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whether it's somebody that they trust, in order for them to even develop the courage, that takes incredible courage, you know, to be able to say that this thing happened to me and that I was taken advantage of in this way. But then if that person does want to report it and does want to take it forward, they then have to tell their story to so many people that if they're lying, that story is going to fall apart, you know. And so unfortunately, they're not going to be able to keep up the lie for very long. And so that's why I'm saying that the percentage of people who lie is very small. And if a person is lying, we're going to figure that out. So we might as well just let that, you know, if, that, if that's our reason for not wanting to help other people, I mean, we will, the truth will soon be revealed, you know, in those cases. But as I mentioned, the majority of the time, people are telling the truth. And unfortunately, when they have been sexually assaulted, it does. It does take a lot of courage because, you know, it is something very earth shattering. And I use um, a comparison earlier to being robbed. Right. And I also mentioned the presence of a gun, which is also something that I know that that is a triggering thing for some. And so, you know, I want to be very cognizant of that. But I bring that up to say. And we've dealt with a lot of gun situations this year as well. I really think that you're, it is, it's way too easy to get a gun in our country, and it is, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> there should absolutely be background checks assigned to them. I think that it shouldn't be. It's, you know, it's harder to find other things, you know, to be able to purchase other things. It's even harder, I feel like, to get a driver's license, clearly. I mean, we have so many other steps that it takes, you know, to be able to do that. It's harder to get licensures of other kinds. But in order to get a gun, we simply need to, we can purchase it, like, or we can just, you know, in order to get our CCW, we, hit, you know, take those classes. But in order to purchase a gun, we don't even, we simply need to go purchase it. I feel like there should be a lot more steps that regulate that versus the way we have it. But with that being said, you know, because I digress, um, I will definitely, you know, when it comes to guns, that is something that is very scary. And so whenever, if we were to see, if somebody were to come into here right now and they were to have a gun, I'm not going to lie to you all. I am definitely, I'm going to be trying, I'm going to definitely be scared. But, you know, if I were in a, any larger of a space, I would most likely be trying to run and get up out of here as fast as I can. Okay. Forget this podcast. We out. Oh, uh, you know, love y'all, but I got to go. The other, but the thing is currently I'm in a space that is not 
adequate for me to run, I probably would freeze, to be honest, because I don't know where I would go. Because, I mean, I would probably be cornered because right now there is only one entry point into this room. And so unless there's another one somewhere else that I haven't seen. And so as a result, I'm probably just going to be frozen in place and so that's also what happens with sexual assault like there are a lot of responses that people have and so that they're not because it's not something that people prepare for and I remember that there was a client that I had who told me you know I was definitely somebody you know who fought a lot but in that moment I did freeze up and I don't understand why I did that there are also many people who have told me so they either so it's the typical ones there's fight there's flight there's freeze and then there's also fawn and so fawn is a new one. I always, I didn't always use it, you know, at the beginning of my um, career, but it's also a new one. So let's make sure that we um, clarify what each one is. When we fight, yes, I mean, that happens. There have been people that said, you know, like, oh, I fought back. You know, I kicked the person. I tried to get out the way. You know, I did whatever I could. And unfortunately for some, that still did not stop the person that abused them. For some, it did. You know, for some, it was successful. But for, other, for others, it was not. But there are some people who do that, right? Their natural body kicks in, you know, adrenaline, they fight them off, you know, like that is what happens when, you know, somebody is trying to advance towards them. Other people, they, you know, there is flight. Like they try to, you know, get, a, instead of fighting the person and continuing to interact with them, they would much rather prefer escaping that person and getting away from them, you know, as far away, you know, as possible. And so they try to do whatever they can to, you know, escape that situation and, you know, evade it. Or avoid it in any, you know, in any cause, you know, and get away from it. But then when it comes to, you know, like freezing, the thing is that is the one of the most normal responses that happen in a sexual assault because a person is not prepared. You know, their their mind is not ready to understand. And what their brain does in that moment to protect them is it shuts down. You know, to be honest. And so in a lot of cases, when it comes to sexual assault, nine times out of 10, you'll, not, not nine times out of 10, like don't quote me on that number. I just mean that in a lot of the cases, you will absolutely hear that a person is going to freeze for sure. And the thing is, I wanted to be super clear that, you know, not only for us as, you know, listeners, but then also for the people who have lived it very normal. I want both people to know that it's normal, you know, because I can't, I lost track of how many conversations I've had with people where they were like, you know, but what was wrong with me in that moment? Like, why didn't I do something? Or like, why wasn't it in me to do something else? Your body, there's no way for you to have prepared for that though. You know, why do you think that it was above your like, or worse of you to react in that way when it was the only reaction you had, you didn't have any other reactions to draw from. You didn't have any space in your mind to be able to go to, to process this situation. And if you're young, if you're young, you have even less because you most likely don't even know what sex is yet, let alone, you know, if you're being introduced to it in this way, there's no way, you know? And so Ugh, I just freezing is definitely something that happens, but I feel so bad when people think that it makes them like some, it's something that they did wrong in that situation. So it's absolutely not. But the other one fawn fawn is an interesting one because it's more like when a person tries to actually, you know, when they, um, they, they get into the stance where they most likely try to actually give into the situation and a lot of people like people please. And so they actually, it's more like a, you know, it's a certain type of response where we actually try to appease the person instead. And so, you know, we might actually just give into the situation or we might actually just, you know, try to, you know, go in, you know, go along with it, you know, at that point. And the thing is that has also happened with a lot of people, especially with children, because again, children are taught that they should, you know, follow along with things that they should, you know, like there are certain instructions that they should follow and that they should absolutely, you know, go along with whatever instruction that they've been given. And so, 
as a result, a lot of kids will actually, you know, when, when faced with a situation like this, they will give in, you know, and so they will actually go along with what's happening. One, because either they respect the person and they feel like they should follow whatever it is that they say, or two, they think it makes it easier. It makes it easier to endure this situation if I simply go along with what this person is telling me. And so it's, yeah, it is incredibly disheartening. It's, it's a lot to grapple with when we think about that, but it does happen often. And so unfortunately, that's also a reason why kids are targeted in general, you know, with things like sexual assault, but it's also with abuse. And so that's why I think that it's, you know, wonderful to me that April is dedicated, as I first mentioned, to not only sexual assault awareness, but absolutely to child abuse awareness, you know, and, to, and child abuse prevention. And so like, yes, we, we got to lift our babies, you know what I mean? And our children and like, even whether you have children and whether you don't you live in a world with children right that's one thing two you were once a child you know and I'm positive you would have never wanted someone to treat you in an abusive way and maybe you did unfortunately maybe you did face abuse when you were a child but even if you didn't I would think that you wouldn't have ever wanted yourself or anyone that you know you know that you're even in any kind of interaction or connection with to have endured any type of abuse and I am with you you know that I would never want a child to feel that way and I think it's just you know children are definitely incredibly resilient but I think it's you know we they shouldn't always have to be tested in that way I don't always think that their resiliency should be tested you know at that kind of level and I don't think that they should they should have to face abuse it's like I know a lot of them you know are able to survive the abuse they're able to overcome it they are they do become absolutely something a lot of them do become stronger in the process but I don't think they should have to you know and it's just sad that like that's something that has occurred and that it's a part of a lot of the realities of children and of others you know and so like I said, when it comes to all of those things, that is exactly why I feel like, you know, sexual assault deserves, you know, the awareness that, and yeah, a whole month, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We really should be talking about it all year, but definitely, you know, it does deserve its own month, you know, as a result. And so, like as I mentioned too, that's why I also love, love, you know, the work that a lot of people do for children. You know, I'm always shouting out my educators, you know, shouting out my mental health professionals, shouting out any service worker, to be honest, but especially the ones that work with youth, you know, you always are going to get a salute from me um, for the work that you do. But I definitely think that it's, it's just so needed, right? Like for the children that we know and the children that we once were, you know, and in order to be mentors for others, we definitely need to be there for more children and really make sure that we show up for them. And really, we need to show up for more survivors as well and really help. And so I'm excited that this month, um, April 4th, I know that that has passed, um, you know, since, you know, that now that this show has aired, you know, that that day is now behind us. But April 4th was the uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month Day of Action. And that is where a lot of other people wore teal as well. I feel like you could wear teal any day this month, though, and you're going to be good because teal is uh, a color that is often used for sexual assault awareness. A rape crisis center, the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center does it. I'm I'm always going to shout them out when it comes to anything sexual assault, you know, in general. Um, they they participated in it, but that is something that took place this month. I took part in it. So, you know, if you follow me on social media, you can see that. And if you don't, I am on Instagram, Santana says, with one underscore. I'm um, also on Facebook. And, yeah, I definitely participated. I'm going to make sure that I reshare those photos of that day. I have my girl, Piera, who was also a guest on the show. She also took uh took part in that and uh, tagged me in it, which I really appreciated. And so, you know, I do. And actually there were several people who reached out to me that day who said they didn't know and they wish I would have let them know. So I'm going to make sure that next year I do better about that. And now that I have this platform that, um, you know, more of us can take, can wear our teal on that day very, very proudly. But one that is coming up later this month is actually Denim Day. And so on April 26th, 
It's always, I believe, the last Wednesday of the month. But so for this year, April 26th, Denim Day is also another day of sexual assault awareness because there was a case where a person was sexually assaulted, but the judge overturned the decision because they said your jeans were way too tight, so you must have helped your abuser. You must have helped him take your jeans off. So in protest, you know, because of course we know that that is preposterous, but this judge felt that way. As a protest to that, we wear jeans. We wear jeans on that day. We wear any type of denim on that day, and we wear it proudly, you know, as a protest um, to that. So that is also something that I'll be participating in, and I encourage anybody who listens to do the same. And, hey, like I said, if you do have me on social media, tag me. You know what I'm saying? Tag me on that day. Let me know that you listen um, because I don't get to see individually everybody that listens to the show. So, but I love it. I love that we grow the network, y'all. I love that y'all rocking with me. So, hey, if you want to um, tag me that day, let me know. I would love to because I heard I got listeners, you know, even in Germany. I got some listeners in Brazil you know I, I've been following I've been looking at least where it's at but like I said I don't know where all of them are so hey if you could find me and we could join together on that day let's do it you know what I'm saying let's keep growing these conversations um and let's keep having these conversations and you know next episode I also want to make sure that I actually introduce y'all to someone who also does great work with children you know and when it comes to programming and awareness because I feel like we can continue to build up you know these things in education and you know programs and prevention there's so much value in it and I simply think that we just need to continue to take part in it you know and realize it but again I just want to make it clear that, you know, sexual assault, you know, unfortunately is something that is common, but as a result, you know, we should build band together to take a stand against it and any type of violence like it, you know? And so I definitely, you know, want to make sure that we continue to grow the conversations around that. And again, if there are any survivors who are listening to this episode, if there's anybody that knows anybody that has been affected by it, please know that not only do I see you, but I'm here for you, you know, and I, this is exactly why I do what I do, you know, because you deserve it. You know, you deserve to have somebody like in your corner. You should not ever feel that you were not believed, but you should also know that despite the fact that that happened to you. And despite the fact that in that moment, you lost whatever control you have, you have every right to gain that control back. You have every right to be here. You have every right to occupy space, to be happy, you know, to stand against whatever it was that happened to you. And just because an abusive person found you and targeted you, you were so much more than that you know and let that guilt all that guilt and those resentment let that stay with that person you know and let them be who they are but please know that you are so much more than that you are so much greater than that and I will not stop fighting for people like you and anyone you know like and anyone similar to you you know because definitely we need to I want to see you know see like live in a world where yes, where hopefully we can live in a world free of violence, but in the meantime that we can also support more survivors of violence, you know, like until we get there, I'm gonna keep riding this wave of supporting others. And I hope that you all will continue to join me. And so with that, with for today, I thank you so much for like tuning in. I hope that it at least, you know, gave, you know, shed some light on how things look like when it comes to sexual assault, you know, and all that world and, you know, what it, what it looks like and all those things. But if it also generated any questions for you, you know, if there's things that I can answer, I would love to start making things more interactive. So again, that's why I'm encouraging you to find me on any social media. I'm also on TikTok, but you know, Santana says with one underscore there too. So like whatever's easier for you, you know what I'm saying? However you want to find me, you know what I'm saying? Just uh, definitely rock with me. Like I said, Facebook, it's more of a, you know, there is a fan page for Santana says where you can simply go there and like it. Um, and you'll know when I'm uploading things. I usually like on there to just update, like, you know what I'm doing. Um, but again, 
if there's just any way you would ever want to interact or let me know things or like comment on something, you know, please feel free to reach out so that I can see that. And, you know, I can make sure I can make mention of that here and that I'm addressing whatever it is that you want to address. But if there's also ever like a question that I can answer offline, you know, I want to make sure that you know that that opportunity is available and I would love to, you know, do that for you. I would love to respond with, you know, to it, help you or direct you in any way I can. And so again, Cleveland Rape Crisis Center is a great resource. The National the National Sexual Violence Resource Center is also a great resource. RAIN, um, R-A-I-N-N is also another great resource for rape, abuse, you know, incest and all that. And so um, all of these places are great. So, you know, if you need any more, hit me up. If you have any ideas or feedback, hit me up. But also, you know, as far as tuning in, you know, we going do it every other Friday. I'm gonna bring it to you every other week. You know what I'm saying? I get you that little week in between, you know what I'm saying, to rest up, um, catch up on any episode, but I'm gonna bring it to you every other Friday after that. And so uh, you know, thank you for tuning into this episode. And you know, like I said, Friday after next, we're gonna bring you another one. So thank you.